Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. My guest today, uh, it's a difficult name for a lot of people to pronounce, but I'll do my best. It's Chais uh, Den Butter. He's a, a Dutch guy. Uh, we're, we're talking about his company, Sense Glove. So, Chais, how are you doing? Thank you, Rich, for the introduction. No, well, g- good pronunciation of my uh, Dutch name. I'm all uh, fine, thanks. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, so tell me about uh, Sense Glove. What, how did you come up with the idea for it, and what is the product uh, like? Yes, yeah, so Sense Glove is a glove that enables you to touch virtual objects. Um, well, it's a funny question how we come up with the idea because we started off from well, our graduation project at the Dallas University of Technology in the Netherlands as well building a, a robotic glove for rehabilitation purposes. And then I think it was back in 2016 when the first HTC Vive came on the market and we thought, well, um, this robotic rehabilitation glove could be ideally used to well, uh, make a better interaction in this virtual environment. So uh, we we built it a demonstrator and uh, we went out to a fair in Germany and that well got quite a lot of attention. So that was the actual start of Sense Love. So this is like a is it like a a glove that goes up to your elbow or how far does the glove go on just over your hand? It just it just goes over your hand. So it, uh, your five fingers are in uh, well the exoskeleton part of the glove. So it's not really a glove. It looks like more well it looks like an exoskeleton. It's actually one. And then uh, the well, skeleton, let's say, is attached to your fingers and uh, it, well, attached to the fingertips. And at the moment you grasp a virtual object, you feel the resistance on the fingertips. So how does this relate to haptic gloves? How is it different? You know, like I've played on Microsoft Xbox and the, the controller will vibrate, which is very primitive. Yeah. But you know, I've heard of haptic technology. Like, is this haptic or is this something else? Uh, it is advanced haptics, as we call it. Uh, it is indeed, well, haptic is a response that you can get from a digital world, a physical response. And uh, well, our glove also has, as we call it, haptic feedback. So there's for each finger a vibration also uh, that can be uh, made or that can make different effects. But really the force feedback parts are the actual resistance that you feel, uh, well, that's a little bit more advanced than, also than only vibration. Okay, so what what makes it more advanced? It doesn't just vibrate. Like when you put your hand on the glove, then you go. You I guess you'd use VR with it at the same time, right? And then in the VR environment, you would grasp things or touch things. Yeah, yeah. So what makes it more advanced is, for example, if you pick up a stress ball uh, with vibration, you would only only feel a little bit vibration of that stress ball. But when you actually pick up the ball, you feel restricted. You feel restriction in your fingers, so you can't really go further. And if you squeeze, for example, uh, then you also feel the squeeziness and the softness of the stress ball. And, for example, if that ball was from glass and you squeeze too hard, you also feel the popping that it breaks. So that makes it more advanced. And, well, the idea of, of getting that resistance force feedback is that you interact with the object in a similar way as you would do with the real object. Okay. Interesting. Um, you said it's being used for rehabilitation. So what? how does that work? What is that like? Are there VR simulations where that specifically teach people how to what retrain their hands? Or what, like what is, uh, 
head, as it were. Yeah, so the original purpose was solely for rehabilitation, and there was the idea that, uh, well, someone who suffered from a stroke, for example, uh, need to train a lot of, uh, well, repetitive exercises and repetitive interactions with digital world with objects. And the easy way to enhance that would be a digital world. Um, and, well, it's not... The original idea was not really focused on virtual reality, but the current application that we use in rehabilitation is definitely uh, all focused, it's all combined with virtual reality. So uh, one of the example researches that we're currently conducting is that we made well really simple daily tasks such as um, well stag- uh, stacking blogs or um, you have a um, a pack of milk and you need to uh, fill a glass with that milk and these all kinds of exercises you can do in a virtual environment you can do in virtual reality with the same interaction you would have in real life and then you can measure performances of people you can also enhance motion uh, motions digitally and that helps well uh, the is this that that helps uh, the rehabilitation of the stroke patients uh, will go faster so so um why does it go faster? Why can't they just use their, their hand normally to touch stuff and grasp stuff? Why uh, is it just easier to do it in the virtual environment, or why does it work better? Well, it's more engaging because there you can add gamification to it in, in, in a virtual environment, so it keeps people more engaged. And it also gives a good over. Well, it captures all the data of a of, of person, so the uh, physical therapist or the doctor can monitor each, uh, well, question of his, that he has with his patients so that uh, and then tailor the therapy more towards the patient or that outcome um, and the overall is that uh, well some people are not for example capable of lifting a pack of milk uh, but in the digital world you can make someone capable of it and then he sees actually uh, and also has the like 50% of that feeling that he is uh, doing that exercise, but in real life you couldn't, but in digital world you can uh, enhance someone. So if someone can't do a skill like buttoning their button, you can at least approximate maybe the first part of doing that in the virtual environment, so you can train their brain to get into a mode where they can do the actual task easier. Yeah, and then uh, slowly uh, build off the digital help, let's say that way, so that they will eventually... uh, will be engaged and will be capable of uh, indeed unbuttoning the blouse, for example. So, what, um, you know, have you gotten to the experimental stage where you're actually having certain patients use the glove and, you know, for how long do they have to do it and how much does it help? Uh, yeah, so we did experimental research, so we don't have our results yet. Um, I think we have now a couple of, well, like 10 patients for sessions of 15 minutes uh, uh, trained with the glove, so it's not. Uh, it's really in, in in experimental research. It's not um, implemented into the daily practice yet. So, what are the possible sensations you could have with the glove? Is it vibration? Is it like squeezing? I mean, what are the what's the range of sensations you can have? Well, the range of sensations are quite endless. <laughs> uh, but of course, we started in 2016 with the with the company, so we don't have all the sensations uh, yet built in. But it really goes from uh, squeezy objects to rigid objects to uh, glass objects. So, well, 
uh, anything that can be felt on the fingertips um, is possible uh, as, as having a sensation. And vibrations uh, can illustrate, for example, surfaces of, um, well, you can distinguish surfaces between, for example, wood and a rough surface. Uh, but it's not that you actually feel wood or that you can feel uh, plastic in that sense. But if you touch two different surfaces, you can feel a difference. That's uh, mainly how far the sensation goes. How do you, um, I don't know if it sounds like probably the hardest thing that we do is to, is to emulate weight or resistance. You know, if I, if I hold, a, I don't know, a, a heavy object in my hand in virtual reality, how would you simulate that to show weight and resistance? Yeah, we don't actually do weight with the glove itself. We, of course, have ideas how to solve that. Well, you can just copy uh, how we give resistance to a finger to an elbow, for example, but that's not incorporated in the glove yet, so everything has the same weight in that sense, but it's, uh, the resistance is more on stiffness. So, for example, in, in projects that we do for automotive companies, uh, people need to assemble hoses, and they need to squeeze ho one hose into the other hose, and then we can make uh, one hose softer and one hose harder so you can actually attach these hoses uh, to each other. You said a hose? Yeah, I, yeah. like the things that what cables are in. Huh, interesting. I guess you would really need um, a whole suit in order to really um, emulate weight and resistance and all that. Yeah, because the suit yes, would, so would, would hold you so back you from lifting stuff or something, you know? Yeah, so you need a suit or either attach something to the ground or uh, ceiling. Mm -hmm. um, so you need some kind of, of, of force that comes from either stopping an elbow or uh, having a ground or a ceiling. What other senses are easy to do versus hard? Like, is pressure easy to do or hard? Or, you know, like, uh, again, there's a list of sensations, and I'm sure some are easier to make and some are very difficult. Like, what, what have you seen is easy and hard? Yeah, so for us, uh, a really easy sensation is, is breaking an object because that's immediately stopping all uh, the power from the glove in that sense. Um, and also ramping up forces is quite a good sensation to make. But uh, yeah, hard sensations or like really rigid objects are still difficult in virtual reality because of the, the capabilities of the current physics engines. Well, and yeah, well, objects that really vary in shape, that's quite difficult to to make as well. It's our goal really that you can also feel the distinction between shapes, but we haven't been really successful in, in programming these yet, but uh, theoretically it would be capable with our system. Okay, um, so where do you, uh, I mean, I guess you've used the glove, you know, what do you experience? What do you think is amazing about it? What do you like about it? What's lacking? Yeah, so, so what is amazing for me is that you can do all kinds of tasks. So we have one in our demo, we have a task where you have to weld two pipes together. And that is really a convenient uh, sensation because, well, you first pick up a quite uh, rigid pipe. Uh, you can't squeeze it. Uh, well, you definitely feel the hard resistance. And then you have to place it on another pipe. And then you have to pick up a welding tool. It's quite a difficult grip. It's like uh, it's gripping a trigger. And then when you hold the welding tool and then you push the button of the trigger, you also feel like the vibration that the actual welder is on. And then when you release the trigger, you feel that also that the vibration is stopping. And you can actually weld these two pipes together and you see also uh, well, the welding popping up. 
and that all that sensation of well handling a tool that is really uh, what I like about the glove because in that sense you can really train people with feeling with cues on how welding is for example in real life without having the actual well system available and that you can well bring to all different levels where you can have a digital factory uh, training people how to assemble cars training people how to well, well, for example, ships uh, without having the actual facility there. Yeah, I mean, surgery, all kinds of things, you know. I mean, there's tons of things that need training, you know. So, yeah. Well, um, yeah. What about the gaming industry? I would think they would love this kind of thing. I mean, have you approached them? Uh, yes. Yeah, so, so, we have, for example, been approached by, by Oculus to, to show our uh, glove over there. Um, well, our, we think, in the end, gaming can be a really... Uh, good potential for our glove, but in a more scaled down way in that sense. Because, well, although our glove isn't really expensive for uh, the B2B market, uh, it's quite, it's still uh, like 1500 euros, so $1,800 US dollars. Um, so that's still quite expensive for an average uh, gamer in that sense. But uh, the force feedback technology itself is only a small part of our glove. So we think we could, in the end, make a affordable force feedback law for gaming, but we currently don't see the market potential, well, the short market potential there. Well, another thing, too, there's an well, easy add-on would be um, a haptic boot, you know, that someone could step into, because a lot of rehab involves walking, um, that kind of stuff. So that may be another area that you can go into, you know, like a sock, a haptic sock or, again, shoe or something like that, you know. Yeah, the, 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 that can be an option. The, the, the most uh, option close, well, the next option close to R is more uh, an arm exoskeleton. So we're working on project what we call software-defined mockups. That you have, for example, a um, cockpit environment of a car or of an airplane, and you can just uh, load different cockpits in. And then you feel also restriction when you uh, well pushing a button or holding a panel. So with your whole arm, you feel the restriction. So that that will be more our next step than going into shoes and those kind of things. Because what I already told the rehab is quite it was our starting point, but it's not our focus. Our focus is now really on on, on B two B training. Hmm. Okay. Well, very good. And I guess for the uh, for the sex industry, they may want to approach you to to do a haptic. Uh, <laughs> I have to device for them too. <laughs> we we already got some questions from from fake persons over there, but it's yeah. not something we would like to go into. No, oh, sorry. I know, I know. I just, <laughs> there's lots of applications, you know, which is pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, of course. And uh, if you read commands on our YouTube videos, then uh, you also see that uh, other people are uh, thinking of that uh, applications, kind of applications, yeah. So how how far away are you from a full body haptic suit that would be able to do a whole bunch of things? I mean, is that like way in the future, or is it a possible thing? Uh, well, I can't give a date on that, but I no. know we're working on it. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, we let's say in our lab you could see something like this when it will be on the market. No idea. I mean, do you think it'll be years before that's possible, or you think it might be pretty soon? Uh, well, it is possible because we can ha we have it in our lab. <laughs> oh, okay. But uh, <laughs> it, 
it's commercial, not uh, it's too expensive to build commercially. Oh, okay. Yeah, I understand. I mean, what what, what would it cost to build right now? Like a hundred thousand or more? I think even more. Okay. Did you see the movie uh, Ready Player One that came out recently? Well, I have to admit I didn't really fully see it. <laughs> okay. Uh, but I, of course, know uh, the, the script, and I well, I've seen a couple of, of, of videos of it. Um, it's really sad because I wanted to go. Well, uh, already two months ago, or my, well, it was 30th of March here in the Netherlands, but I didn't took the time yet, so I felt really sorry for myself in that sense. Well, I mean, even though, you know, because you're in the industry, you'd probably think it's ridiculous and impossible, but it could be inspiring to see what they have in the movie, even though I know that's not possible at all yet. It's just something to look to that, uh, you know, maybe uh, something for you to look at. That's all. That's why I mentioned it, you know. No, yeah, that, well, definitely, I, I know the movie, and I, sh- I sh- should have watched it uh, a month ago, in that sense. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I, I don't think it's really impossible, what they're saying, because there are cues in it that are definitely possible uh, when it comes to haptics. Um, so it's closer than most of the people think, I guess, uh, mm. what is possible. But of course, uh, uh, the sensations that are... Uh, being inspired there is not yet what you get. So if you expect, if you've seen the movie and you try on our glove and then expect the same feelings as you saw on the screen at Ready Player One, you will be a little bit disappointed. But uh, yeah, we can already, uh, when it comes to interaction with objects, it's quite realistic. Okay. Um, what about uh, for computing? You know, would it, would it help to uh, control a computer? I mean, we have touch screens, which are great, but you know, in virtual reality, um, what if you had a computer that's controlled by the haptic nature of the glove, where you could swipe and touch and all that? Is there a use for it that way? That really depends on, on what interaction you want. Um, for me, interaction with a screen is a little bit um, outdated in that sense. So, um, yeah, we have done a VR keyboard uh, experience. It's okay, you can type in VR, it's not that quick as uh, you would do in, in, in real life. But uh, yeah, it's possible to, to control the keyboard in that sense. Uh, but what I more, see more is, is, is you combine, for example, our glass or haptic feedback glass in, in, in general with uh, augmented reality. That you can have all different interactions with, for example, CAD models or that you... Well, someone recently came up with a nice futuristic idea that, for example, in the uh, in future you have only one type of car, but uh, because you bought a more uh, expensive software uh, package, your car feels different than my car because of the software that I uploaded to my SenseGlove is uh, more advanced and mine is more cheaper. But in the end, we're driving the same car because with these self-driving car solutions, you don't buy a car; you just buy a software kit that's your car. So in that sense, that is what haptics can do uh, to interactions uh, and to all new uh, ways of thinking about real-life products. Okay. Um, one, more, one more idea I had is um, what if you made a, um, a system where, you know, someone wears a haptic suit and, you know, I would be um, having them do something like exercise or touching them or whatever and essentially, um, I'm sorry, I would wear a haptic suit and I would, you know, have the person do stuff, and, and I would be able to feel what they feel. Let's say I'm putting them through a series of exercises or 
I don't know, they're getting massaged or something, and, you know, the suit I have on or the stuff I have on would give me feedback on what they're feeling. Would there be any use for something like that? Well, um, n not that I directly see that use. Uh, what is definitely a use and what we're also exploring is Intellirobotics. So uh, you don't be actually are a person in that sense, but you uh, are yourself and you're controlling a robot and you can do what that robot is feeling. So, uh, for example, if you have a robot with a humanoid gripper and, for example, a stethoscope 3D, a 360 degree camera on top, you can actually virtually be that avatar. So that robot picks up a tomato and you have your sense glove on and you feel well, well, actually, you are picking up then that tomato and the robot hand is picking up the real tomato. Um, and you see that virtual tomato or the or tomato that a robot hand is picking up and you squeeze it, you also would feel the resistance to, uh, to the sand glove. So that is, you're capable of, of feeling what a robot feels. I don't know if there is an application of being capable of feeling what another person feels. Okay, yeah. I'm just, you know, thinking whatever I can. So, uh, yeah, yeah. good to be creative. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, all right. So, what's what's your um, what's going to happen over the next six months or a year? What can people expect to see from uh, Sense Club? Yeah. So, uh, well, can people expect is is well, this summer we release our first development kit. So, uh, currently, the, the clients that are working with our product are, are testing with our current prototypes. And uh, well, we released the, the first development kit, so they have also their own gloves. Um, and, the fr and within this next half year, these uh, yeah, well, first projects will be available for the public. So you will be seeing people at Volkswagen training with uh, our gloves. You will be seeing, indeed, uh, robotic grippers controlled with our gloves. You will be seeing uh, also augmented reality uh, training experiences with our gloves. So that is uh, what will be the result of actual developers integrating the glove into their projects. Okay, very good. And um, if people want to get in contact with you for collaboration or more crazy ideas, you know, what's the best way for them to get in touch? And well, the best way to get in touch is, is to write an email. There are a bunch of emails on the website. The best email to write down is, is info at com, and that will kind of get you into my email box. <laughs> okay. um, so that, that will be the best way. All right, very good. Well, Heist, thank you for coming on the podcast, and uh, I really appreciate it. Thank you, Richard. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, both to review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.